Hey everybody, I'm Chuck Esposito. He's Jason McCormick. That's our buddy Teaser. Here we are for another segment of Bookends. Uh, just completed week three. Early football week three, Jay, was pretty good. We were smiling from our side of the counter. Uh, but late in the night, with the Packers and Saints game going over and the Packers winning outright, not so good. We kind of gave a, a lot of it back. But overall, good football. 60% of the games are hitting over right now. Uh, not as many penalties. And uh, teams that are seven-point favorites or more are winning the game at a 70% clip. Both are extremely high numbers. It's early in the season right now, but I think the betters overall have done fairly well. Yeah, those stats are amazing on the overs. It was great to finally get um, some college football back on the screens. The excitement in the book was fantastic, but you said it. Kind of the uh, Packers in the Sunday night game and then combo to the Chiefs in the Monday night game uh, made it a great week for the players. And I know there's a lot of players out there that probably wish they had taken a lesson from us last week and bought the half or bought a point with that Monday night total ending at 54. Uh, a lot of the tickets out there were 54 and a half, 55. So a much needed under for us in the Definitely. books. Thank God for the missed extra point and a missed field goal by the Chiefs. But uh, what an exciting game. And obviously the Chiefs uh, kind of flipped the script after struggling in in, uh, in L.A. with the Chargers. Uh, they came out and really uh, handled the Ravens handily. Well, Patrick Mahomes is undefeated now against Lamar Jackson. I think he's clearly shown right now that he wants to repeat as, as champion. I think it's interesting, though, because we were texting back and forth that night, rooting for the under. Um, but Andy Reid, that first Thursday, if you remember, against the Texans, very similar situation. He chose to kick the field goal instead of just kind of taking the knee and letting it run out, and we thought it might be a similar situation, but uh, he didn't do it. The under came in, and it was a, a big game for us. <laughs> there was a lot of this going on that <laughs> night. So, <laughs> but uh, anyway, now we're going to dive into uh, college football now, and, and I think before we get into the games, though, we're always trying to kind of go through some stuff with you guys and, and educate you a little bit. And I know we talked about teaser, and our, our good friend here was was able to get some teasers in that week. Uh, but in college football, we offer a ten point teaser special, which Jay's kind of kind of go through for you guys. Yeah, obviously from a football standpoint. We offer six, six and a half, or seven point teasers. And again, that word teaser means you're going to take a, a seven point favorite. So let's say the LSU is favored by seven points. If we tease it by seven points, it's going to go down to a pick. Um, in college football, we have the 10 point teaser special. So it's actually a three team, te points, three team teaser. You have to pick three teams, and you're going to be able to tease those by 10 points, and it's 12 to win 10. So it's one of those fun bets that's out there, in particular with college, when you get some of those bigger favorites, uh, call it a Clemson or, or those big favorites. You can take those teams that are favored by 28, 30 points, take them down to 20, uh, and maybe love that bet. Or on the flip side, take those huge dogs and be getting right. 35, 40 points. Um, so have fun with the 10-point college teaser. It's something to look for on our, our betting menu. Yeah, it really is kind of cool. Teasers have become a lot more popular, and that 10-point college teaser is really cool. We're going to kind of change up the format a little bit. Uh, we're going to key on a couple of games, uh, both in college football and then pro football. We're going to start with college football and a uh, big game, uh, Kansas State, Texas Tech. And uh, what do you think about that game? Jay? Well, I don't know if we can call it a big game. I think it's an interesting game. Um, obviously going to the Big 12, uh, this game is on FS1 at 12.30. Um, I thought this was an interesting game. Uh, Texas Tech came out in their first game of the season and barely beat Houston Baptist. Really struggled against them in a 35-33 win. Um, and then they came out last week and they had a 12-point lead on the Texas Longhorns that they blew away, went into overtime, and Texas was able to beat them in overtime. But it was a huge step up for Texas Tech um, and put a good game against against um, uh, Texas, but then they blew it at the end. On the other side, Kansas State lost their first game to Arkansas State. So they both really struggled in that in their opening week. And then Kansas State pulled the biggest upset of the year so far in knocking off Oklahoma. Um, took a big, uh, were down a bunch. I think they were down 21 points, stormed all the way back, and were able to beat Oklahoma. Um, 
two very, very high-powered offenses, two quarterbacks um, in Skylar Thompson and, and Bowman for Texas Tech that should be able to light up the scoreboard. Uh, Texas Tech will be making the first trip on the road to Kansas State. I think this could be an, in an interesting game, a lot of fireworks going on, but it's going to be a good, exciting Big 12 game. Uh, I know he said that's not a big game, but I'm going to hit a big game, and that's the Auburn-Georgia game, which is a, a huge rivalry game. I think the Deep South's one of their biggest rivalries, the 125th meeting between these two teams. Uh, Georgia holds, I think, 60 to, to 56 lead. Uh, Georgia is 13-3 and against Auburn in their last 16 meetings. They've really dominated them uh, of late. This is a huge rivalry game. I think everyone wants to see this game. Auburn has a very young and talented quarterback in Bo Nix, uh, but Georgia is awfully tough. I mean, they're almost a, a touchdown favorite in this game, Jay, and I think you can make a case that of the entire college schedule right now, this is the biggest or, or the most marquee game on the board. Yeah, JT Daniels, the USC transfer going out to Georgia. This becomes even a bigger game when you think about the fact that LSU lost that first game and setting up where we're at in the SEC and who may be going head-to-head -head with Alabama. Uh, both these teams want to be there, so this is a this is a big game early it in the is, season. It is. It's absolutely a big game. We're going to touch on um, pro football now, guys, and, and one thing that's come up, and we've got a lot of questions. Both of us have gotten numerous guests that have asked and, and emailed or texted us, uh, what happens with a, a game that's canceled in pro football? And we had the, uh, the Steelers-Titans game that has been officially postponed now for the entire week. It's not going to be moved to Monday or Tuesday. It's going to be moved to sometime later in the season. But regardless, anytime a pro football game is actually moved to another date, it is a refund. You get your money back on that game. If they simply just change location... Uh, on the same, and the game's going to be played on the same date, you still would have action. But a game that changes date, per our house rules, it is a refund. So if you had a bet on the Steelers and Titans early in the week, you would get a refund on that game. So we're going to dive in now. We're going to start with, uh, I think, uh, early games on Sunday. And Jay's going to touch on uh, the Dolphins-Seattle game. I think you look at Seattle, and I know we talked about it last week, that Green Bay was playing the Saints. And you can make a case that these two teams were maybe the two best teams in the NFC going into that game and maybe a preview of the NFC title game. But now, hey, the Saints are 1-2, and two, and I think that team that plays in Seattle might have something to say about that. Yeah, they make the trip all the way to Miami this week. Obviously 3-0. and oh, Obviously Russell Wilson has been lights out. I think he's been the NFL Offensive Player of the Week two of the three weeks this year. He's got 14 touchdowns to only one interception. His receivers in Lockett and Metcalf have been absolutely amazing. Um, they are going to be missing uh, Chris Carson this week. Their running back um, is not going to play. Um, so they're going to turn to Carlos Hyde most likely. Um, this is a, I've heard a lot of people use the term trap game um, here when they looked at the Seattle and, and they see Seattle only a six and a half point favorite at Miami and they look at the board and they say, man, that seems really light for the way that uh, Seattle's been playing. Right. Uh, Miami obviously comes into this game with three extra days of rest. They played on Thursday night against Jacksonville last week. Um, they lost to the Patriots and the Bills and then finally went out and, and beat Jacksonville. Um, but when we talk about trap game, I think one of the reasons why this line is so light is that Seattle has been obviously fantastic on the offensive side of the ball, but have really allowed a lot of points on the defensive side of the ball. And now, no Jamel Adams, no Irvin. Um, Dunbar is questionable in the secondary. Uh, Griffin is questionable in their secondary. So Fitzmagic has been able to put um, some big games up. He's got some great receivers. Uh, Miami may be able to hang into this game. So I think that's why you see that line kind of going down, is that cross-country trip for Seattle. Right. They're out a couple players. They're a little bit banged up. Obviously, Russell Wilson um, has been unstoppable so far, but maybe Miami just has enough to hang in that game, cover that six, and maybe pull an upset. I think we've seen that a lot this year when there's an abundance of injuries. We saw it in the Atlanta-Dallas game. We've seen it in the Broncos-Jets game that when one team has just a number of players out, and that is 
the case with Seattle defensively. I was going to touch on the same thing with the travel across country, but without Adams, who kind of is that captain now, and they didn't have a pure pass rusher, and with Irving being out for the season, it'll be interesting to see how, how they react to this game. Yeah, and, and Gaskin kind of, you know, Miles Gaskin, the running back for Miami, really looked good against Jacksonville last week, so you add him in with those wide receivers and the, and the tight end, Gusecki, um, you know, they've got the weapons on Miami. Williams and Parker, game. too, at wideout. I mean, I thought they looked really good. I mean, Fitzpatrick had a, kind of a fun game on Thursday night last week against the Jags, kind of was able to go up and down the field whenever he wanted. Um, I'm going to dive into an interesting kind of game right now between an, an AFC team and an NFC team. It's the Colts against the Bears. Uh, Colts come into this game 2-1. and one. They've won both their games at home. Uh, they lost their one game on the road. The Bears are undefeated. I'm not sure how. They're 3-0. and They won all four games by, by four points. Um, they've trailed in two of those games by double digits, two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, came back to win. They're making a quarterback change. Drabisky's out. Nick Foles is in, um, which I think is the right call to make. Interesting stat on the Colts, though. 0-1 on the road this year. Lost their last five road games last year. They've now lost six straight road games. They're a road favorite here. I think it's kind of an interesting matchup. Uh, you know, Rivers kind of, I think, he's not a real mobile quarterback. Kind of plays into maybe the Bears' defense a little bit. Um, anxious to see how Nick Foles performs in this game. But, again, it's the, the 3-0 and Bears against the 2-1 and Colts. Both teams have high expectations. But a, a, a home dog in this one in Soldier Field. Um, I've been really impressed with uh, Taylor, the, the rookie running back out of Wisconsin for the Colts. I think he's been fantastic with Marlon Mack going down right. early in the season for them. He's kind of taken over that running game. They still have Hines to come in and Wilkins, um, but really impressed with that Colts running game. If they're able to get that established, um, give Rivers a little bit of protection, um, I think that's why you see the Colts' favorite here. And obviously the Bears know uh, Tariq Cohen um, in their backfield who went down with injury. So, again, very tight line, two-and-a-half, two-point two favorite. Um, should be a good game to watch. Yep, I agree. Uh, now we're going to talk about a game that is an our backyard. It's the uh, Vegas Raiders against the really impressive Buffalo Bills. I mean, Josh Allen has been terrific, and uh, they travel across country as well. Um, the, the Raiders win. You know, they, they were able to win on the road at Carolina. They won their home opener against the Saints. Now they're playing, and you can make a case for one of the, you know, top three or four teams, I think, in the AFC and the Buffalo Bills. Well, you said it. Josh Allen has really been uh, fantastic this year. Um, I think he's uh, number two in the NFL in passing yards, only behind Prescott, and number two in uh, throwing touchdowns, only behind Russell Wilson. I think in so. four categories, he's number two in the AFC. And, and he's a dual threat quarterback. He can also do it with his legs. Uh, they come in with Diggs, who's been fantastic. They're most likely going to be without John Brown, um, their uh, deep receiver in this game. Um, so they might have to depend a little bit more on Cole Be Beasley from a possess possession receiver. Um, when I talk look at this game, though, I think one of the big things is um, the Raiders are are kind of in that banged up, They're banged um, up right. on offense. Um, they're most likely going to be without Ruggs, um, without Brian Edwards at right. receiver. Um, so that's going to leave them down to uh, Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller, um, who's who's been fantastic. But the one matchup standpoint is that the Bills have been absolutely fantastic against opposing tight ends this year. So if they're able to shut down Waller, um, the Raiders are really going to have to depend on Jacobs, um, both running the ball and hopefully catching the ball out of the backfield. And like I said, we might see a lot of Hunter Renfro. Uh, but this is a, uh, another one of those scenarios where the Bills finally make that true road game. You know, they had to go to Miami, but were able to stay on the East Coast. Um, they, they handled the Rams early last week. They allowed the Rams to, to leak back into the game and then were able to go finish it off, but really make that road trip. And, you know, this Raider team, it's how are they ad adopting Allegiant Stadium? You know, they were able to pull that huge upset on Monday night 
over the the Saints. And despite the fact that there's no fans there, um, they're still making Allegiant Stadium that uh, home field advantage for them. So we'll see if they can uh, pull it off this week. Yeah, it's an interesting game, I think, for both those two teams. I think another really big game afternoon um, for us is um, going to be the Patriots and Chiefs. I, mean, I was so impressed with the way the Chiefs looked on Monday night. I thought defensively they looked stout. Uh, they really put a lot of pressure on Lamar Jackson. They didn't let him run. He threw for less than 100 yards that night. He did miss some big plays to Hollywood Brown, but he didn't look that good. Now you've got the Patriots coming in and Cam Newton playing against the Chiefs. A couple of interesting stats here. Patrick Mahomes is 2-1 and one against the number in his career against Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Also, Andy Reid against the number, 60% against the number against Bill Belichick. Kind of a big test, I think, for the Patriots here. Chiefs do come off that big emotional win. It looks like the Patriots are going to have Harris back and James White, and that's a big part of that offense, James White out of the backfield catching passes. Uh, It's a big game for both these two teams, but I was really impressed with the Chiefs on Monday night. When you talk about that Chiefs, as impressed as we were Monday night, you have to wonder what happened the week before when they made the trip to L.A. and played the Chargers. You know, they, they struggled in that game. They were able to win the, the game in overtime after Butker hits the two 58-yard field goals uh, after the penalty. But when this Chief team is motivated, you know, we see what they do on Monday night, and they just go out there and dis- destroy the Ravens. And the Ravens had, you know, a good series kind of to open the game, were able to run the football, and then obviously when they get down, um, they had to look more to their passing game, and it just wasn't there for them that night. I think that Raven team is going to bounce back. We're going to see them have some good games games moving forward. Uh, nothing to, to kind of shake your head. I still you know, think that they're the top of the AFC with the Chiefs. Interesting stat, though, with the Ravens, when they've fallen behind by 10 points, they don't have that type of team to come back. I think it's um, there's been three straight, three games over the last two years that they've fallen behind by 10 points and weren't able to come back in those games. That's not the way that that offense is built. Once they get the lead, you know, with, with Dobbins and Ingram and Edwards and, and Jackson, they just hammer it home. But when they don't have that lead, they're not a come-from-behind team. Yep. And again, with the expanded playoff format, we've talked about that having that number one seed, which the Chiefs are sitting now pretty and, and obviously a game ahead of the Ravens and a game uh, in hand head-to-head, um, that, that's, that's the, the one that gets the right. bye. Yep. Um, the number two team um, this year won't get a bye and will be playing in that first round of the playoffs. So very, impor- very important to continue to win these games um, and not have that that week off. So it's just a matter of that, do the Chiefs stay motivated? And again, short week with a, a Patriots team you know is playing motivated every week as Cam Newton's going to come out and do everything he can to, to prove his uh, prove his worth. Anxious to see how he performs in this game, You know how he kind of matches up against Patrick Mahomes. We know that they'll open it up a lot, the Chiefs. Uh, Newton's throwing a lot of underneath. I think he's fourth lowest in the league in, in yards per pass. See if he can open it up here a little bit. Uh, now we're going to target the, the two primetime games. Um, Sunday night, you've got uh, the Philadelphia Eagles who come into this game um, 0-2-1. and I think you can make a case maybe one of the bigger disappointments in all of football. They, they win the NFC East last year. Um, Carson Wentz has been a turnover machine. They haven't been able to get the running game going. They've had injuries at wideout. Their rookie wideout, Jalen Ragour, is hurt. Um, Alshon Jeffrey hasn't played. Now Deshaun Jackson and it's hurt. They go to San Francisco. San Francisco had to fly back and forth across country twice, playing the Jets and Giants back-to-back weeks. They looked really good last week. It doesn't matter who it is at running back, if it's Mozart, if it's Coleman, if it's McKinnon, if it's Wilson. They just make plays. Uh, they're at home on, on, on Sunday Night Football against the Eagles. Yeah, it was funny. I was When I was looking into this game, this is actually a, a, a big game for the Niners. Um, the last time the Niners played the Eagles, they lost 33-10. to um, in 2017, which made them 0 and 8 um, in that 
uh, week 17 of Shanahan's first season um, in uh, in San Francisco. The day after that game, they traded the New England Patriots for Jimmy G. Um, he didn't Who start. won't play in this game, though. Then, right? he, they then went 0-9. Jimmy G came back and won um, five games to end that season, um, kind of really turned that nine organization around. Um, coincidentally, the, the Eagles actually won the Super Bowl um, in 2017. With Nick Foles. So this is a this is a, a, a kind of a, a game that the Niners team looks for that they hit rock bottom against the Eagles and then they've kind of been able to, to flip the script and, and turn their whole whole organization around. Um, you said it on the on the Eagles though. This is a, a mass unit. Uh, Wentz I think leads the uh, NFL in interceptions with six. He's been sacked eleven times. He doesn't have a healthy receiver. Uh, Dallas Goddard was their leading receiver. He's now out. Um, so it's really down to Ertz um, and Miles Sanders are their off are their offensive weapons. Greg Ward, uh, you know, is the other receiver that's there. They don't have a whole lot to uh, to really look forward to um, from the offensive standpoint, and they're going up against this dominant um, Niner defense. Again, has some injuries on their side, but they should get Kittle back from an offensive standpoint on the Niner side. McKinnon's been fantastic. Mozart may play here, may not play here. Jimmy G has been a question mark, most likely not going to play. Right. Um, so again, both these teams have been really, really beat up. Kind of turns into a, an ugly Sunday night game, but uh, a win is a win is a win, and if, uh, if you can find one here, uh, it'd be interesting. I think for the Niners, too, with all those injuries, you know, it's no Thomas, no Bosa, no Ford on defense, but they really stepped up last week. Offensively, too, you mentioned about the guys that might come back. Uh, Debo Samuel, who's their number one wide receiver. He's practicing. He is practicing. I don't think we see no, him back I think on the they field said week five, probably against Miami, but that's just going to help that team a lot. When Jimmy G does come back, he won't only, only have the rookie, Brandon Ayuk, he's also going to have Debo Samuel back. So, although everyone kind of ripped this Niner team off and said, wow, they play in such a tough division with Seattle and the Rams, and the way the Cardinals are playing, I'm not so sure because once they get these guys back, I think they'll be much better. Yeah, and the Eagles, again, even their offensive line, I think Jason Peters and Lane Johnson are both questionable. Uh, you know, I, I just feel bad that these guys, uh, they can't put a, a team on the field uh, that's going to be competitive. And even, oh, they're fighting. You know, they tied they tied the Bengals last week, and um, they're trying Say to Say that again, a, they tied the Bengals last they're week. They're trying to find a way uh, <laughs> right. to, to get healthy and stay in games. And so they're a set, they find themselves a seven-point underdog here, having to travel all the way to the West Coast. And um, I don't think we'll see quit in them. Um, it's just a matter of who can who they can put on the field. And, and interesting, though, with the Niners, too, they played week one at home. Uh, they lost that game outright to the Cardinals after they had a 10-point a lead. Then they were on the road in back-to-back games against the Giants both, both and Jets, yeah. and now they're back home again. Uh, now we're going to look at the Monday night game, and these are two teams really headed in the opposite direction. It's the Atlanta Falcons and, and the Green Bay Packers. I think, for me, you can make a case right now. I know Seattle's really good, but, God, Aaron Rodgers, he has a chip on his shoulder. Um, that offense just looks like they are they – understand now what LaFleur wants to do. Rodgers is playing some of his best football. Defensively, they're good. They can run the ball really good with Jones. You've got uh, a, such a good young receiving core and MVS and Lazard, and it looks like Devontae Adams might be back again. But, God, they're 3-0. Um, they're either winning it with Rodgers or with Aaron Jones. Defensively, they're good. They're playing a Falcon team that's beat up, too. We don't know yet for sure on Julio Jones and, and Russell Gage. Um, both guys, I mean, with, with with Ridley, they were, I think, all three of the receivers were in the top 15. They may only have Ridley to go to Green Bay. They're 0-3. They blew back-to-back games by having double-digit, two-touchdown leads for the first time in NFL history. Um, Quinn's got to be on the hot seat. That offense hasn't looked good and similar to what we're talking about with the Eagles. They have to travel to arguably one of the most difficult spots to play in pro football, and that's Lambeau. 
We know their fans won't be there. The Packers are saying, we're still doing the Lambeau leap when we score a touchdown, but I think a, a mighty difficult task for the Falcons if Julio Jones isn't there and Russell Gage doesn't play. Well, I know we were pay- play- praying to keep the Monday night game under last week, and I think we're going to be in a similar situation this week. Very difficult um, when the I heard, Falcons I heard play. that they just bought all brand new light bulbs for the scoreboard operator to uh, <laughs> to, to yeah. plug in to make sure that uh, that, that scoreboard's ready to go, because I think that's what we're going to see. The The Falcons have, uh, have proven that they've been able to go and up, up and down the field. Matt Ryan's had some great games, um, sometime in garbage time and, and other times, you know, just with him scoring. And if they get Jones back with Wrigley and Gage and Hurst... They're uh, going to need them against Green Bay. I, yep. I, just, I just, when you look at these two teams, how does Atlanta compete if they don't have those guys. I think Jones might be back. Not sure about Gage, but God, when you blow back-to-back, you know, 16-point leads, it's got to be rough in practice all week. Well, you you got 16-point leads, so they're doing something right, and it's just that they've been unable to finish. Um, and again, finishing is what Aaron Aaron Rodgers does best. Don't, don't forget, the Falcons couldn't finish in the Super Bowl against the Patriots, and this has kind of been an ongoing theme with them. For whatever reason, you know, either a half or three quarters, they play really good, and then they, they can't get it done. So I think in both cases, from our side of the counter, we're probably going to be rooting for the Eagles and Falcons on, on Sunday and Monday night. Um, now we're going to dive into hockey a little bit. We know the season ended, but hey, great finish by the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, I just wanted to really wish the Tampa Bay Lightning congratulations on their second Stanley Cup and really a, a thank you to the NHL on coming back, finding a way to play, finding a way to get this playoffs underway, um, getting sports back at, at in that beginning of August and the NHL and NBA kind of leading that charge with baseball um, was great for us in the sports book industry. Um, you know, it was just great to have hockey back on the screens and I, I thought it was awesome uh, the way the bubble worked in Toronto at Edmonton and obviously um, I'm sorry to see our nights go out, but we were really quick um, to put uh, the Stanley Cup odds back up on the board. So before the before the uh, Lightning even raised the uh, raised the cup, we already had uh, next year's Cup odds up, and we've opened up the Golden Knights, the favorite to win the Cup, at plus six fifty, uh, with the Avalanche and Lightning right behind them. Um, so if uh, you're getting ready for hockey season next year, which will probably be the first of the 2021 sports to be upon us as we're hoping that they uh, come back in early December. Not sure if it's going to be in home stadiums or if they're going to adopt another type of bubble, but uh, excited uh, that the NHL was able to play and looking forward to them getting back on the ice. We talk about hockey actually next week, the 6th, is the draft and the ninth free agency starts. So might be really interesting with a couple of Knights players, including number 29. He keeps saying he wants to, to stay here. Just wonder how that dynamic works with both Fleury and Leonard, if they're both on the, on the Knights or if one of them does ultimately lead. But next week at this time, we may be talking about one of those guys no longer a member of the Golden Knights. I think it's also interesting if, if you're a hockey handicapper to circle that uh, beginning of December or mid-December when the NHL returns to look at these teams that went really deep in the bubble to talk about uh, the Stars or the Lightning or the Islanders or the Knights. Yeah, that they're not going to get a whole lot of rest before the December starts back up. And so some of these teams haven't been playing since March. um, And and obviously some of them got done a a lot earlier than that or or a lot later than that, but still earlier than what these teams. And we've seen in years past the teams that play deep into June, um, the Penguins, the Capitals, when they've come back that next 
next season they kind of have a little bit of a sluggish um, as they didn't get as much rest as the rest of the guys. So something to circle on your calendars for when they'll come back and maybe play against the Lightning and Stars as uh, they still need a semblance of an offseason and they, they know that they're good enough uh, to kind of turn it on and get themselves into the playoffs next year. You know, we saw it too with, with both uh, the, the Penguins in the Eastern Conference and the Blackhawks in the Western Conference when they had that five or six year run where they were making deep runs into the playoffs and playing a lot more games than anybody else that fatigue definitely played in. But while we're throwing out kudos, uh, I have to throw it out. The Aces. I mean, <laughs> congratulations. You're in the uh, you know, you're in the WNBA finals against the Storm. I mean, that's just terrific. I mean, we're we're so sad that we miss out on not being able to go to some of these games too. It's amazing how many guests have, you know, really kind of gravitated to the Aces and and they love watching them, ask them to put them on the the big screens with sound and it's just fun to have a team right now that that's in a championship series against the Storm. So, congratulations Aces. That's an awesome job and we wish you all the luck. NBA Finals going on as well. We just finished up Game 1. We saw the Lakers really dominate the Heat. Um, I thought in particular uh, he came out with a good start, got a good early lead, um, really couldn't stop AD and LeBron. Um, I think some of those younger players that have really gotten them through this playoff series in Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, uh, kind of maybe that big stage, you know, still in the right. bubble, uh, but, but you know, when you're across uh, in the, on the court with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, uh, you know, maybe some of those uh, goosebumps start to creep up. Uh, so we'll see if those guys, as we go into a little bit later in the series, if they can uh, kind of adapt and, and get going. And But Miami kind of in, a lot of injuries yeah. in that game one, right. so we'll see how that series rolls on. But again, just what, a, what an awesome time of year right. with, with football going on and and, and NBA Finals and a WNBA and baseball, baseball playoffs. Right, yeah. I mean, it's it's just awesome. Baseball's been so cool. I mean, it's kind of a different format, and a lot of people have been asking about that, too. They really didn't realize that it is the best of three, but that all three games are played in the home city. So, you know, a couple of teams are already out. It's been kind of fun. Um, but, you know, hey, as you mentioned, having all these sports going on at the same time has been, yay, sports books. I mean, the atmosphere has been so cool. Well, those, those, those opening wildcard games have been absolutely fantastic. Like, said the best of three a quick two-game series and you're out saw the twins get knocked out real early indians the indians you know that that game was incredible i I, we go back to the indians yankees and you want to talk about comparisons to the all-time great indian movie major league but (laughs) that's uh, great uh what is it karen karen chak has adapted his inner ricky vaughn he wears number 99 so comes in as the closer and unfortunately last night he comes in in a little wild thing playing in the background 4-1 lead and and uh and gives up the grand slam to Urshela, and of course the Yankees go on to win, and uh, the the Indians are set home. And Brad Hand, uh, the closer for the Indians, blows his first save, and uh, he was 16 for 16 this year, and and uh, blows his first save, and um, the Indians will have to regroup and find a way next year. And we watch the Yankees advance, but um, we're going to be going into those best of five um, in San Diego and Los Angeles for the American League, and the National League will shift over to Houston and Texas, and then obviously the World Series in Texas. Uh, but these baseball games have been absolutely fantastic. They've been so much fun to watch. It's great for us, so it's really cool. Um, one more thing, and you know, we've been talking a lot about sports, but we can't forget about STN Race and the Preakness this weekend, which is really cool. It's usually the second leg of the Triple Crown. It's now the third leg, a little bit different. Uh, Authentic will go off um, as the favorite, but one of the kind of cool things that we're doing for the uh, for the Preakness is 
a $15,000 twin queue. We do a lot of $5,000 ones, and we've done some $10,000 ones since we come back, but this is the biggest one. It's a $15,000 twin queue. It's really cool, and I know a lot of guests have asked, what exactly is the twin queue? Yeah, it's a $2 wager. Um, obviously, you can uh, expand that out and make multiple wagers to make it cost a little bit more, but $2 gets you in, chance to win $15,000. you are going to pick the, the Quinella, the horses that run first and second um, in the first race, and then the horses that win. And we pick those races. Yeah. Yeah, so it'll be, races. it'll be the Preakness and another race. Right. So you'll have to fin- have to pick the horses that finish first and second in the Preakness and then first and second in another designated race. You win those two. Um, you split with however many people have the twin queue. Um, you potentially split that 15000 If you're the lone winner on the twin queue, that's when you take home the fifteen grand. I can tell you several years ago we did it uh, when American Pharaoh, we hadn't had a Triple Crown winner for a long time. So you guys that are thinking, oh, there'll probably be a lot of winners, uh, we did a 33000 $333 twin queue. There was one winner. Happened to be here at Sunset. Uh, he was pretty happy about it. So uh, for a $2 bet, again, it's really a cool payoff um, up to $15,000. So uh, get your twin queue bets in. Come on in. Enjoy everything we have to offer this week, guys. It's it's football. It's baseball. It's WNBA. It's uh, the NBA Finals going on. We know hockey uh, just ended. It's the Preakness. We love when you guys come in, but as Jay Shirt says, if you can't, you know, just come in, get signed up for the STN mobile app. We'll get you signed up in a matter of minutes. We've got both the race and sports side. It brings the race and sports book to the palm of your hand, so come on in and have some fun. Well, we, and we jacked up that bonus for we new sure signups, did. so we're still staying at the 10% bonus for all new signups, but we've gone from a earn up to $50 now to earn up to $100. So $1,000 deposit, um, once you play that $1,000, you'll earn a $100 bonus. So a uh, big carrot out there to get you signed up for the STN mobile app, earn up to a $100 bonus for that sign up. Um, get in today and get that signed up. Again, with so many daytime baseball games, college football back and going, the NFL, I, I don't know how you are, call yourself a sports fan without having the app. <laughs> Yay, sports folks. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, you guys. He's Jason. I'm Chuck. That's Teaser. We'll see you next week on another segment of Bookends.